Joe Molina, Veterans Helping Veterans. It's subtitled Jobs, Training, Business Advice, Housing, and Legal. This is Episode 63 on Kelly Bagla's Go Legal Yourself podcast. Welcome to the Go Legal Yourself podcast. This show is about knowing the legal life cycle of your business. I'm your host, Attorney Kelly Bagley, the Queen of Business Law. You can interact with us on social media and definitely do find us on the web at golegalyourself.com. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Joel Molina, the founder and CEO of Veterans Chamber of Commerce. Welcome to the show, Joe. Well, thank you, Kelly. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. First of all, thank you very much for your service. Well, thank you for organizing. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. And do you have a funny lawyer joke to share with us? Well, I'm not really good with jokes. So they usually come at the worst times. My daughters, uh, I have two daughters, and they call them the daddy jokes. So when that comes around, I'll definitely let you know. (laughs) (laughs) That means we'll have you back on the show then. Hey, that's a that's a good clip. Yes, <laughs> that's fantastic, Joe. Well, share with us a little bit about your background. I'll start with the military background, if you don't mind. Absolutely, so, uh, army person joined the military, and you know, like always, they give you choices. Where do you want to go? So my choices were: oh, they asked me where to go, so I selected California, Hawaii, and Germany, and so they sent me to Alaska. So, <laughs> So, I was just going to say, Joe, you can't go wrong with those three. You ended up in Alaska. I know. So, like, I had to research what Alaska looked like, where, you know, where, where it was. So then I arrived to Alaska to Anchorage. Beautiful city. Oh, my yes. gosh. Beautiful city. So I said, okay, I can, I can do this. Not a problem. Then they sent me the real orders. Say, you're going to Fairbanks, which is, like, hours north really really cold oh my goodness like oh my gosh so it just so surprises just kept coming so that's the life of the military just surprises 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 Uh, so we we always adjust and adapt and but now that i've gone through the uh to that experience i tell you kelly that was the best experience ever alaska is the most beautiful place beautiful people the weather is is drastic but that's the beauty of it, you know. Not many people can say they can throw hot coffee up in the air and it will crystallize before it hits the ground. Oh, my so, goodness. So See, Joe, kind of- that's, that's on my bucket list. I, I definitely want to go to Alaska. Oh and my-, my, my husband, he served in the Marines. And if you ask him, he'll say it was the best damn job he's ever had. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely right. And during in, in the military, my job, if you want to call that, it was training. So always been in training, always been teaching. My first teaching class, I was, I believe, I don't want to put a date on it to be exact, but it was, I was a teenager. I know I was a teenager. And I was teaching adults how to, how to go and, and pursue their high school degrees or their high school diplomas. So I, I love teaching. I've always been in, in that mode. I had my first teaching uh, actual class for a high school when I was 19. 
Um, so it was, and I was teaching algebra because the instructor couldn't be there. So I asked me if I could fill in. So I had to prepare. I prepared for weeks to, to, to do a, uh, I believe at that time was like 40 minutes, 20 minutes a, a session. But I like math. I, I love algebra. So it was something that I grew up opportunity. So I've always been in that mode of training, development. So needless to say, in the military, it was just second like nature to, to train and find ways to better train individuals on how to do things faster, better, with less equipment, with less expense, that kind of thing. So I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I always think that uh, the military, either any branch whatsoever, but the military, it truly produces leaders. And the title of the show is Servant Leadership. So you were a leader from the beginning. You were teaching courses to other people. And I truly think that it should be mandatory across the states. You know, every kid, when they graduate from high school, they should at least go serve for two to four years. It should be mandatory because that's how you're going to get future leaders uh, for America. Well, I think there's, there's definitely benefit on that. And, there's, and the other benefit of that is that everyone who goes in in the military, your husband, myself, and, and, and everybody, we all decided to do that. Yes. We all volunteered. So it was just our heart and our passion to be there to do for our country, you know, to, def- to protect and defend, to, to be there. So it was our choice. No one told us, you got to go and do that. It was our choice to do that. And we, we will happily, I mean, you guys ask anybody, anybody who's been in the military, will you do it again? Everyone that I asked you is like, man, just say when and where. Exactly. So they, you know, that, so it's, so it's that kind of heart and passion that you're really looking for, and that's how you develop servant leadership. Servant leadership is not mandated. You cannot force someone to be servant. You cannot force someone to be a leader. You can instruct them and educate them, but a servant leader must be willing to do that on their own. Absolutely. You're yeah. absolutely right. Yes, um, absolutely. We love veterans on this show. Joe, they're, they're very near and dear to my heart. Mm. And um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to creating more of a partnership with you. And how did you transition from the military into becoming an entrepreneur? Well, that's the other funny thing is like, I started my first business when I was a teenager as well. I created my first event. Wow. And it was successful event. It was fun to do. It was nerve wracking, you know, you create events, like so put together groups of people who were experts on things that put together karate experts, clowns, magicians, and just basically brought an audience to that. And it was just, uh, again, it was nerve wracking and, and it was exciting. So entrepreneurship has always kind of been part of what I do every day. And so it, it just became a second nature on doing that. But after the, after the military, I went into work as a business consultant, a business advisor. That was my dream job, to be honest. You know, like, oh, I have a dream job. That was my dream job. And right. I did that for many, many, many years. But at the same time, I continued to be a faculty member for universities and colleges. I still am a, a, a professor at some of universities and colleges, but I'm still teaching, you know. But then that gave me an opportunity to serve better to serve more. So, so how, do I, how do I do that? How do I impact? So I saw a few gaps that needed to be filled in, in San Diego initially. 
And uh, my idea was just to do a San Diego chapter of the Veterans Chamber of Commerce to help San Diego veterans. But I mean, it wasn't not even a month or two before I started getting requests and questions from all over the nation. You know, how do, how do we do this? Why does this happen? And th- so it just grew out of a necessity. It, it grew organically. And we started just with commerce, just helping veterans start businesses and then the spouses. But then it grew into, okay, well, not everyone can do a business, but people want also their jobs. How do we help there? Then from there, well, people get businesses or jobs, but they also need education and training. So how do, how do we help in education? But in the military, I strongly believe that even though we go in as individuals, we bring the whole family together, in, you know, including our parents. You know, my parents were also worried about what I was. Right. And, uh, and at that time, there was no internet that, that we have today. There was no FedEx. There was no UPS, you know, things like that. So, you know, it wasn't, you, you didn't have prime Amazon back then. So when they, they will send me things of, that I like, when they will cook for me, because they didn't have anything like that in Alaska. So the entire family goes in the military with the veteran, with the active person. Absolutely. So we honor that in the chamber. We wanted the family to also have a voice and a place uh, in the chamber. So we welcome veterans, of course. We welcome active duty. We welcome the spouses. We welcome the parents. And we welcome the kids. Those children also go through that as well. I had one of my daughters was born in Alaska in the military base. So everyone goes in. So everyone is part of the process, is part of the experience. So it is a family affair. So now the chamber grew from just one tiny little spot in San Diego so now we have a national presence and we continue to grow that presence, you know, in different formats, either by doing chapters, you know, require a little bit more operation mindset, if you will, more of a servant leadership, if you will. But we also have what is now called the community local veteran advisors, because communities want to help veterans, but many times they don't know how. Right. Military bases want to connect with the communities, but they also don't know how. It's like they're speaking different lingos. Right. And like, you know, you know, the military has their lingos and the civilians have their lingos. And like, what do you mean? <laughs> that kind of stuff. Exactly. So these military advisors are trained by the chamber to become the point of contact and create a presence that kind of puts those two together, the communities and the military together to create programs to answer questions, to serve as the advisor for the community and all military matters. So right now we're certifying people from New York, we're certifying people from California, uh, and, and it's just the beginning. This is our, our, our first cohort, but we already have people requesting from other places, Idaho, Arizona, which they will be part of our second cohort. So it, it's just, uh, uh, again, it just keeps growing that way and now, as you know, we have the radio show, which brings a lot of uh, vision and a lot of visuals to our communities. And we wanted to keep our chamber free. No one pays. That was from the beginning. From the beginning was a, a few parameters that we wanted to enforce was one, no one pays. Every, everything is free for the veteran, their family members, and for the veteran-owned businesses. That's incredible, Joe. Yes. What a free. way to give back. And they wanted to get back too. So the second part was 
everyone who joins has to be, you know, has to be part or want to be part of the veteran community. So we wanted to open the chamber to everyone. Like I said, veterans, active duty, and their families. So you can be the mom, the spouse, the daughter, the son, wh you know, whoever, the grandparent. Because if you are proud of, you know, being part of the community, we want you. We want you to be part of us. Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. That, that's absolutely fantastic. So walk me through a process. So a veteran is either looking to better themselves, either by starting their own business or looking for a job. So what would they need to do, Joe, to start on that career path, if you will? Well, and that's a great question, because one of the things that we did was, okay, we can be the central point. Everybody comes to us. We train them all on business and jobs and this and that. But that's an impossible task. It doesn't work well. So we basically strategically work because we, we create programs. We work with organizations and businesses and individuals to create programs that basically fit those needs. So we have programs like employment programs. So we have a, a program that we created and, and we're partnering with an organization who does that already, that veteran owned. We vet them to make sure that they are really that. And then their main purpose is to help veterans get jobs. And then on the entrepreneurship side, yeah, we do provide some training and we do provide courses. We now have courses approved by the VA, approved by the one-stop centers. So those programs are, are, are there. And those programs also are in partnership and part of the chamber, but they're in, part, in partnership with organizations. Who, that's what they do already. So our main, what we see ourselves, we are the conduit and we take on leadership on helping people individuals or organizations who have ideas or for projects or programs and they want to bring them forward and help the veterans and support the veteran community so we stand behind them we work alongside with them to create these programs to create these projects i give you an example besides the one you mentioned right now we have for example the housing for heroes program right the housing for heroes program I mean, we know that homelessness is a, is a big issue with veterans in the community at large. And many organizations do their best and they do a great job of providing that solution. There's a lot of people who are really helping in many different ways. One way that we wanted to do that was to create a network of individual veterans helping veterans. So what we do is that we work with municipalities, with nonprofit organizations, who are already helping veterans in the housing uh, situation. And we connect them with certified realtors who are already veteran friendly, certified by the chamber to work within and establish local networks so they can help veterans purchase homes at the right prices. So we stand from prevention. Once someone becomes homeless, it's extremely hard to bring them out. And there's people that they have the resources for that. We want to prevent that. We want to stop that from happening from the beginning. So to do that, we, we wanted to create this local networks. So that's what Housing for Heroes is about. So we identify communities, organizations, and politicians, legislators, anybody who hear us, and they want to. Everything is if they want to do this. And then we put them together with a network of realtors who are 
certified and they are certified veteran friendly. And then we establish that local partnership for them to create those solutions for the local veterans. That's just one example of the programs that we create. So, Joe, I know that there are a handful of uh, nonprofits here in Sa- County of San Diego mm-hmm. uh, that specifically do cater to the veteran community. So, what was your thought process when you decided to found the Veteran Chamber of Commerce? Well, I think a lot of people. And I admired those organizations and I met a lot of them, if not most of them, but everyone that I met so far have a huge heart for veterans. All they want to do is help veterans. Right. And I respect that. I admire that. And I do not want to get on the way. Like you do what you do and I respect what you do. I support what you do. So creating the chamber was just the logical thing to do because they have to continue doing what they're doing. What I'm here is to provide the additional extra support, the platform where all of us can collaborate. And that's a key word for us, collaboration. Yes, yes. Yeah. So that, that was the mindset behind it. Right. So it's completely free for the members to join. But mm-hmm. obviously, you cannot run a business on free alone. So how can somebody contribute towards helping the chamber? We have different ways, and we also had to become very creative on that because we still wanted to continue offering the, the free membership to veterans yes. and to offer the free membership to veteran-owned companies. So we rely on kind of out-of-the-box situations. So we do fundraising events. We partner with organizations who want to give back. So let's say, just to say a name, doesn't mean they are. Let's say the um, shared organization wants to support veterans, so they allocate a room in, in one of the hotels. So that whatever rents that room or gets that room, a portion of that room becomes, whatever the charge becomes a donation, a sponsorship to the chamber. There is restaurants, they have also allocated certain products of their menu, and then a percentage of that goes to support the veteran chamber. We also have men sponsors that they want to contribute to programs. And a lot of them don't want to release their name. So it's like, we want to say thank you. So no, please don't. So they just want to be anonymous. So like, okay, well, thank you very much. They just want to give back. They just want to yes. help. Yes. They want the recognition, which is admirable. So, you know, so people like that. So we also create uh, partnerships. So when someone has a program that they already, they are for-profit entity, and they want to create that program and they want to give back to the chamber. So they say, you know, we have this much and we would like to donate or sponsor the chamber with 10% pledge, a pledge of 10% or whatever we make, give back to you. So that is how people do that. Now, one thing that we also did that I, it was a strategical move, but we don't allow anyone, none of the chapters to have buildings. We cannot rent or buy or invest, or anything like that in buildings. So our overhead is very, very low. And by the way, also, uh, I have to recognize the County of San Diego give us a big support every year. So they're extremely strong supporters of the chamber. Yes. And I wanted to thank them. They cannot be named, named by names, but they cannot <laughs> thank the County of San Diego for supporting the, the chamber of course. as well. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. So as far as doing business with a veteran, Okay, so Mm -hmm. what has been the most, your greatest 
what's your greatest obstacle been so far? Oh, mine? Yes. I don't have any. <laughs> I don't believe in obstacles. No, but that's right. You said earlier, right? You said you uh, overcome. Absolutely. There's a terminology that's called the SWOT analysis. Yes. Right? Yes. Opportunities and threats. The W doesn't exist in my, voca- in, in, in my vocabulary. So we have challenges, but they're just challenges. They're, they're, if I would have stopped when people told me that what, what I was doing was crazy, uh, but no. The third thing... Right, so I think I, if people actually listen to naysayers all the time, mm-hmm. we wouldn't have half of the incredible businesses that we have in this world, right? People oh would initially put up. So no, I, I'm no. absolutely... I absolutely love what you do, the service that you provide to our veteran community. But what has been one of the greatest... I wanted to share with you when I started this was that I only... And what, and there was a requirement that I made to myself. I only work with positive people. I only work and collaborate with positive people. I love I don't it. Take, yeah, I don't take any what ifers. I don't take any devil's advocates. They do not belong in my meetings. I do not work with them. Uh, they probably belong somewhere else, but not with us. That's fantastic. See, to be an entrepreneur, you have to have that certain mindset. And you're absolutely right. If somebody says to you, oh, Joe, you can't do it, right? That's never going to work. What do they know? So what has been one of the greatest achievements, would you say, thus far for your Mm -hmm. uh, Veteran Chamber of Commerce? You know, the the biggest achievement, and I I have to say this aloud and as loud as I can, but it's been the people. People like you who are willing to share your legal time, your legal expertise. I, I, I was telling my wife, you are the only attorney that I talk to who actually gives them the nitty gritty and the, and the ABCs on what to do and what not to do. I wouldn't go with anyone else when I have a question. Right. You just, we love that. We love that simplicity, that, you know, that no nonsense. And so people like you, people like all the team that we have in the chamber and all the ones that are coming along and they're wanting to do that, that's the greatest success that I see. Not the money. I don't right, care about it. Right. I don't the money will it. come. The money will always come. The money always comes, and I don't need it. Right. And the chamber doesn't need it. You know, now, I mean, people, you know, say, well, some people ask me, well, why, what will you do? You win the lotto. Like, why? Well, I wish I didn't, because then, you know, it blocks every concept of innovation in my head. You know, why would I do that? Right. No way. Yeah. Well, you could win it, but you could still continue doing what you're doing because you love what you do. And so it's not really a job, is it? <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> but you know what? I tell you, there is a little bit of fear and need that is in place with creativity and innovation. Complacency is the worst enemy of innovation and creativity. Agreed. So, Absolutely so- agreed. So it has to be a little bit of, a little bit of healthy, similar, minuscule t- sense of need or fear. I teach. I've been teaching classes since I told you. I mean, since two thousand, I've been at the university, and I've been teaching classes then. Every single time, every single time that I'm ready to start a class, I'm nervous. Students don't know that. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm really nervous too. But I'm really. I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of. You know, my hands are sweaty when I'm. Why? Why do you get nervous? My... I don't know. It just. It's a little bit of fear. It's a bit of uncertainty. But that little bit of fear, uncertainty, 
makes me prepare even more. That's it. That's right? it. Yeah. All of these famous speakers, right? These public speakers, such as Tony Robbins, and that I'm sure in that split second before they go on stage, right? They have butterflies in their stomachs and they do get sweaty palms. But that could be obviously a combination of, yes, this is exciting. I'm excited to be here. People are here to listen to me. And, you know, if you're not prepared, then you, you only sort of uh, make a fool out of yourself, right? So we should really be calling you Professor Joe. Um, no, Joe's <laughs> fine. <laughs> so fine. Joe... I do have one more question for you. If yes. you had to do it all over again, what would you do differently? Which part? In your business life. Oh, that's a great question. I would probably just do it again. Yeah, same way. Yeah, same way. Same way. Because one of the things that is very important when I'm teaching entrepreneurs to do this is like, have you been rejected? Probably not. Because you haven't started a business yet. So... You have to learn to love the word no. Right. <laughs> exactly. You'll right. hear the word no more than you'll hear yes. Absolutely. You will hear a thousand no's before you hear one yes. I, I write, I mean, I don't write them, but I have someone who writes grants for me. And we write grants every month right. um, to so many different foundations. And I get in my email every, you know, every week, couple uh, rejections all the time. And it's like, if I was going to be affected by every time someone says no, and that, that would not be good. That would not be effective. <laughs> You'd close your doors and walk away, oh, right? Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll go to the couch and cry. But <laughs> no, same thing in business. I mean, in business, we have to be we have to be servant enough, humble enough to approach people the right way, to know how to. No different than we. They have to be humble enough and servant enough to approach customers and approach our employees. But we also have to be conscious and aware and, and familiar with what, what it looks like to be rejected, what right. it looks like to be told no. Because if all my employees tell me yes all the time, well, that's great, that's awesome. But the first time someone tells me no, what's going to happen? So if I have employee, you know, one of the more, we asked me for challenges before, but one of the biggest challenges is actually having people to commit to the mission. Right. So if I was going to be disappointed because people have come and gone, I would be devastated. So for me, those are the no's that I'm, I have learned to just basically accept as, as facts of life and embrace and rejoice and celebrate all of the people who stayed, who have stayed, you know, and who are, mar are marching or walking alongside with the mission. Like I say, all, all the teams that are in, in the chamber, and we have a lot of people in the chamber now, and they're all active, you know, and including yourself. So it's like, it's a lot, it's a lot of people who have the same passion, the same heart. There you, you know? go. I was going to ask you, Joe, what would be your biggest advice to entrepreneurs? But I think you nailed it there. Learn to love the word no. <laughs> <laughs> right right absolutely i use an example probably not a good example but it's just an example that's very graphic but it's like a boxer right you know if someone was trying to be a boxer and you you cannot stand being hit you're probably in the room profession exactly <laughs> you know <laughs> completely agreed yes yes uh, yeah 
Exactly. Well, from your perspective right now within the chamber, are you seeing more veterans start their own businesses or are they actually looking for employment? Right now, there are more people looking for employment than businesses because of the uncertainty of times. Right. But my advice to everyone, not just veterans, to every everyone, and I've done this and I, I tell you, there's no match. And that's, you know, and you do that too. You have to have both. You know, you have to have both. Right. Yeah, you can have a job, but you don't know when the job is going to end or not. Well, you know you're going to like your, your boss or not, because not every leader, not every boss, not every supervisor has a servant mentality. No, they don't. Mm-hmm. Most, most of them don't, unfortunately. Right. Right. You know, they make lives miserable for a lot of employees. So you may not like that, you know. So having some, always something that right. you're doing yourself the way you want to, and you're, and you're learning to be profitable, you, just, you don't have to be in business full time all the time. And you don't have to invest thousands and thousands of dollars. That's another thing that I tell everyone. If you have overhead from the starting point of your business, you're already, you're already going backwards. Right. You know, overhead right. is, you know, if you, we're talking about, <laughs> I, this is an example also. To me, overhead is like carbs. <laughs> Some of them are nice. <laughs> Avoid them as much as you can. <laughs> I've never heard that one, Joe. That's well, funny. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, that could be my joke for the day. There you go. <laughs> Wonderful. But, Wonderful but it's, joke. Yeah. And then the other one is risk. How do you manage risk? Yes. And I, I say that if you want to start a business, have your wallet fit the size of your business, not the other way around. So if in my wallet or my bank account or whatever, in my wallet, I have being able to save up $10,000, then I know that I have a percentage of that that can be used for business. My suggestion is 50% of that goes untouched, period. Right. No reason whatsoever. So 50% goes and stays there. Right. 30% is invested only if you're buying a business or you have a business that is already creating revenue and it's already creating profit. Right. But if you want to come up with an idea that may or may not work, that hey, just a great, I think it's a great idea, great idea, great idea ever, then you cannot spend more than 10%. You know, entrepreneurs, especially the, the first-time entrepreneurs, they're very excited about starting a business, and rightfully so, right? I'm excited for them. But they get sucked into that black hole, Joe, just what you just said. They're going to go out and get expensive business cards, get an expensive website. No, Mm -hmm. hold off. You don't need to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on a website. You don't. This is the beauty of business. Business actually evolves every time that you make a sale. It's going to evolve. It's going to evolve. But that's the number one mistake that I've seen, Joe, that these brand new entrepreneurs, they go out and they spend all their savings on things that shouldn't really cost them that much, like websites and business cards and marketing, right? And And cars. Cars, cars. There you go. Yes, cars. I had to earn mine. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And that is the key. I I just want to say that because you can invest in 10% of the business on the business and the new concept, the new idea. Yeah, get excited, you know, 24-7 get excited and all that. But as you start your business, your business should be creating enough revenue to get you growing. Yes. 
out-of-pocket money only comes for, to the business one time. Right. The government says that the business is an independent entity. You know, as you know. You Absolutely. Well, if it isn't, it is, you have to treat it as an independent entity. You know, not a someone that you have to invest money. You're not your own customer. It's not not a, a dependent, customer. right? Not Absolutely. a dependent, but yes, not, yes. Not I love that Absolutely. concept. I love it. You're giving me more material to write about. Thank you. <laughs> oh, you're, you're very welcome. <laughs> I'll credit you, Joe, but I'm going to use it. <laughs> oh, please do. <laughs> That's fantastic. Joe, yes, how, how can our audience get a hold of you? Well, first, our website is the main way uh, to get a hold of us. Uh, and, and what we want to do is like people think that we serve veterans and, and we serve veterans. But we really, really look for veterans who want to impact communities. That is our goal, number one goal, right. is to have veterans and people who love veterans come with us, alongside with us, join us to impact communities. Right. You know? right. Nonprofits, like you were talking about earlier, the nonprofits are in, in San Diego and everywhere else, they are there to support and help veterans and veterans in need. And we all have needs, and, and those exist for that. We exist to have those veterans and those who love veterans come alongside so we can impact communities. Fantastic. If we become, how do you call it, servants of change, if you will. Right, you know, right. To, to come in the, come in, and, and serve our communities. So the, the website is the best way to get in touch with us. And then once we get our website, our people will then, if their need is to that transition out of the military or they're looking for schools or education, then we start, now that we have this veteran advisors, we connect them to those advisors and then to the closest one, wherever that is, so they can really help them one-on-one and provide them the connections. That's perfect. That's perfect, Joe. We're going to have all of your information part of our show notes so the audience can go directly to... Perfect the downloaded app go legal yourself and they can have a look at the show notes and contact you directly from there they can contact me directly from there too and joe it's truly been a pleasure having you on the show today oh the pleasure has been mine and also please include on on your notes our partnership now that we are going to start offering the, the the legal center the veterans chamber legal center which you are the attorney we're going to be basically leading that center for us. That's fantastic. And I'm really? very, very excited about that, which will develop and make it materialize. Everything, you know, any idea that we come up with, we implement it. Fantastic. We're not Jim. afraid to just keep this in theory. So, but thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, happy to come back and also happy to have you back in our radio show. And any <laughs> yes. of the listeners who want to be part of that radio show also. Uh, and more than welcome and thank you very much absolutely thank you again and audience remember go to the show notes get joe's information from there get involved with the veterans chamber of commerce get involved donate if that's all you can do that would be fantastic too and remember today is the day the day you become successful is the day you go legal yourself I am Attorney Kelly Bagler, the Queen of Business Law, and it's been my pleasure to be your host today. Until next time, cheers to your success.